Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and get started listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and get started now. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Perpetually Correct, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I'm your host, J-Mac, in the booth with JB and Kyle Beats. Fellas, thanks for holding it down while I was gone last week. What's going on? Man, J-Mac, we we missed you. You know, certainly we sent you on a mission out. of. Sometimes as the leader, J-Mac, you got to do that. You got to take one for the team, do some investigative research, spin the wheels where necessary. So we appreciate that as a... SLM uh, employees here. Yeah, you gotta you gotta do the work. Kyle, you know, do you feel good to be in the United States multiple weeks in a row? I know your Zimbabwe trip, you're kind of having a little bit of a hangover. So, er, nice to be back with running water and internet. It is nice, but don't uh, don't get used to it. I am now splitting internet with my neighbors under our new uh, internet provider. It's supposed to be faster. I'm supposed to be pulling a hundred. I'm pulling like fifty. So, uh, can't no guarantees, man. Damn it. Man, that sounds like your nights out in college. All right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well said. Wow. Well said. I uh, uh re- before we dive in everything, uh, I'm really infatuated with this Jameis Winston uh, GM situation going on, so we got to dive into that here in a little bit. Just promise me we'll get there. I, I mean, we certainly can. This okay. is th- this and, and it's funny because I have a a friend who's a pretty diehard Tampa fan and he is just ready to burn this thing to the ground. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen like a fan base so distraught over figuring out that their GM is as catty as a 13-year-old kid. They're really upset. They're very much. I mean, in imagine, usually it's the other way. Usually it's people getting on social media to trash players and tell them they suck. Yeah. Like, I bet the GM won't resign you, Jameis. You suck. No, yeah. it's the other way around. Oh, come back. We love you, Jameis. You're very so odd. talented. I've I've been defending Jameis for a long time, and I mean I'm not saying he's at the at the wrong here by any means, but like his play is undefendable. I feel like at this point, like the guy is just a turnover machine, and I loved him. I I loved the leadership. I know that sounds crazy now, but like coming into the league, I was high on him, and it's like I really can't defend. He's like Kanye West. I can't defend Kanye anymore. That dude's crazy. Like Jameis is just un unable to defend his play at this point in time. You're a Jameis and Kanye comparison. That's I, I guess I didn't think we we're going to go down that route today, but there, here we are. I'm sure we're glad we did. Creative. Yeah, I'm sure glad we did. Well, we'll wow. get we can get into it a little bit later if we want to. We get to football first. We got World Series Game Seven going on in like 30 minutes from when we're recording that, which means nothing to everybody that's going to be listening to it tomorrow. But nonetheless, we got to Game Seven, the most baseball possible for a season. I love it. Yeah, this is fantastic. I don't think you can ask for a better situation. And uh, as anyone who's not an Astros fan, let's pray to God they don't win. I mean, got to be one of the more annoying fan bases I've ever dealt with. <laughs> I digress. Yeah. But, um, I, and then also just the pregame and postgame. I mean, I love seeing A-Rod and Big Poppy go back and forth. I think this has been one of the better pregame teams for sports. So, We'll see. Mad Max, how many painkillers is he on tonight? I mean, probably about 50. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know how we go from, hey, he can't raise his arm to, hey, we're going to roll him out in game seven in the most important game in our franchise's history and feel comfortable. <laughs> but I digress. Yeah. You know, we had this, we had an issue with another baseball player, Odin, this year, but we clearly have brushed that to the wind because it's game seven. Uh, Mad Max only has one good eye, so make sure you look at that one and not the glass eye. Oh, I, come on, man. That's unnecessary. I would like to know the stat on someone who's had three different color of eyes pitching in Game 7 of the World Series because he has a, a brown eye, a blue eye, and he also had a black eye at one point this year. <laughs> yeah. Broken nose. Yeah. He's been 13 and 3 since. He's a fucking hard ass, though. I'll give him that. He is, though. He's a tough guy. Like That's a guy you watch. You're like, I wouldn't want to mess with that dude. No. No. Dude, I'm getting a little nervous about that Astros ticket. I was so confident 3-2 coming back home. I know you know only road teams had won. Certainly that trend wasn't going to continue. Um, you, you guys know I got that big ticket on it. And I'm, I'm a little nervous about tonight, man. I just – the Astro 
Verlander from the get-go, I watched the first inning, he just looked nervous. Everything was high, and he was just he looked like he was just sweating bullets out there. I was like, this is not good. So yeah, I'm, I, I'm interested well, to see. Well, we certainly won't waste too much time here since J-Max Point, most people listening aren't going to uh, be too worried about our analysis on Game 7. Moving in here, you guys, any quick thoughts from what we saw last weekend? Uh, J-Mac, you're not allowed to talk about how the Patriots are outgained uh, on the ground through the air and by half yard per play. But if you want to, you can. We'll, we'll, we'll let you have your moment of thinking that they outperformed Cleveland. They did outperform Cleveland. No, no doubt about it. But we, we, let's let's not argue. Let's let's just go. Let's move on. I think it's a combination of a not very good Browns team and then the Patriots knowing how to take advantage. To your point that you said earlier to me in the week, it's just getting ahead in games and knowing where the weak points are and just out planning. And you know what? I'll fucking win rings all day long without planning everybody in the NFL because nobody seems to be up to that task. And it's not even fucking close. I w- did have a rough week gambling this past week, though, and I want to own that because it's one of the worst weeks I've had uh, for my best bets. I went one and two, which we'll get into here in a little while, but not not a great week for the 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 founder here. No, it was well, a tough week last week, man. I mean, I I didn't do very well either. I do real quick. I don't want to talk about the Patriots too much. I yes, get you what you're saying, JB. I mean, I understand that they were outperformed statistically in that game, but. They did what they've been doing all year, and they created turnovers, and they got short fields, and they got easy points off those turnovers. I think that's like, you know, I keep sitting here saying, like, they're not going to get lucky. They're not going to keep doing this. But, I mean, they keep proving me wrong every week, so it's kind of hard to argue. Uh, I mean, I'm with you on the stats. Like, that could come back to bite them at the end of the year, but it might not because Belichick's just out-scheming people. We talk about it every week. And the AFC just blows. But that brings me to what I had texted you both about a – change in the NFL that I think we must establish to prevent what we've seen in the past 20 years. And that is to get rid of the stupidity of eight, four team divisions. First Mm -hmm. of all, no other league has this small amount of teams in one division or bracket or automatic entry into the playoffs. The next closest would be baseball with five, which certainly makes sense considering the, the two wild card spot. And the fact it just told, it's a very different race than football with the number of games. So removing these eight four-team divisions and going to four eight-team divisions would certainly change the trajectory of the NFL and stop allowing the Patriots who have three dumpster fire of franchises in their division. I mean, I don't know when this is going to ever end. I mean, Miami can have all the draft picks they want. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Sam Darnold and Adam Gase look like a hot mess. I, I I love Sam Darnold coming into the league, but I think just with the team around him and built, I mean, it, do you guys disagree with the fact that we should make this change? And look, if the NFL was going, hey, you know, we still have to have our division winners, then crown two of them. I don't care. Say there's mm-hmm. two division winners in the eight-team league. But for God's sakes, it is ridiculous that a, that any team is so rewarded for having three other teams suck compared to the Cowboys who've been in a very competitive division for, you know, forever. Okay, well, I'll counter that with saying... Let's throw, not get Justin started on the Redskins. Yeah, Go ahead. Throw me a fucking team from the NFC that manages to beat the Patriots consistently, and then you can talk to me about it, because there the isn't Eagles. one. Okay, a Super Bowl, that was it. Okay, well, you're not going to see too many Patriot-NFC matchups on a consistent basis. What is but, that, at best, one every four years? My point best? is they make them look like idiots every single time, and it's going to okay. happen again. And so, my, so let me ask you this, though. So, Well, okay, so I have two thoughts. One, I actually think that's a good idea because it would add better competition to the league, and that's what we're always looking for is how right, to improve these things. We're looking for more parity, absolutely. Yeah, I, I actually, I actually, you said I wasn't going to like this idea. I actually really do like this idea because, again, come at me. I don't care. But the other thing about it is, like, I guess the only, like, other side to this argument that could be made, and I'm not saying I agree with this by any stretch of the imagination, but what owners will tell you and whatnot is the rivalry aspect of, like, you know, the Eagles versus Cowboys or Redskins versus Cowboys. Not that that. You have to change that. Yeah, you would just combine, like, the AFC East with the AFC North and the AFC South with the AFC West. You're still going to play them at least one game a year. You're not. This isn't if college football has that same rivalry aspect, and we see it once a year, and we're all very happy. I, I no fan is going to be an outcry if I don't see the Redskins and Cowboys play twice a year anymore. I told you I don't agree with it. I'm just saying from a, a money aspect, there's got to be something there. 
Follow the money. That's why they're doing it the way they're doing it. They're doing the way they're doing it because they're lazy and don't want to expand the league and think progressively. It's the same reason the XFL league that folded up within a half a season was more progressive in their rules and replay review in every aspect were more progressive or the AF, whatever the heck the league, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, the AIF or AF. Until, we get, until Roger gets out of there. I mean, it's kind of like when baseball had to deal with Bud Seelig. They were just waiting for him to get out so they could make changes. They were waiting for him to die. It just didn't happen. Let's be honest. <laughs> I, I think I would be in favor of this. You're saying there would be two division winners and then four wild cards? Well, so you're you're still going to have the four division winners in each conference, the top two from each Right, division. so I'm saying for like the, the NFC, for example, you would, you would combine – them to two divisions you have yep. two, you would have two division winners in the nfc and then four wild card teams and kick keep the six team format side format so you're just thinking about it a little wrong you have four divisions and right. each four divisions will have two division winners mm-hmm. that's the, the oh, same okay. same four still so the top two are considered a division winner okay. so then the nfl doesn't have to get rid of oh you've been in you know the division winner because mm-hmm. they, they, they would poo-poo that and then you'll have two wild cards the same way you currently do now so the top team from the afc north and the afc south however you want to you know afc one and afc two the top team in each one of those gets a bye the next two get a home game and then the three in each get the wild card Hmm. interesting yeah yeah i'd be in favor for that i mean i i don't i think justin's on to something though like there's got to be a reason they're not doing this i mean i don't know if it's laziness as much, I mean, because these guys make a lot. I mean, the NFL is a huge, huge industry. I mean, they make a lot of money. So I think it could be that do these rivalry games make more money for the league? They don't matter, but they probably make more money. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, you, and you don't necessarily have to drastically change that. I mean, the Cowboys are not rivals with the Giants, Redskins, and Eagles. I mean, hmm. the rivalry between the Eagles and Cowboys and Giants are, is a little bit more of a fan grab than versus the Redskins. I'd say. Right. It's so, something you can look at, and, and again, from the standpoint of, and we've talked about this with college football, Bill Belichick has had the Nick Saban effect on the AFC. Great coaches don't want to go to the AFC because they have to compete with Bill. Great coaches don't want to go to the Patriots division specifically to compete with Bill. So then you have bad coaches going to bad teams, making bad decisions, and they've just gotten worse. And we saw that with the SEC for a long time where coaches were leaving or they couldn't attract top coaches because of the Nick Saban effect. You know, luckily Kirby Smart stayed there. You've had Ed Orgeron, who suddenly looks like a pretty good <laughs> – I was not an Ed Orgeron fan when that hire happened. But, yeah, you know, I just think there's some domino fall, falls from what we've seen with the Patriots. So I, I would – the only thing I would say is, I mean, I think regardless of NFC or AFC, there's maybe two teams out there that can even hold a candle to what Bill Belichick does. This isn't just an AFC problem. This is a football problem in general. Like, Sean Payton is probably the closest I would come to be, you know, having something consistently every year, and even he can't replicate that kind of success, and no one else can. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, it's like every league, there's a handful of top coaches. Right. It's pretty interesting. I mean- I, I so I think what we should do, and and th- I think this will help your your case here, is we'll add this to the list of our off season ideas, and we'll go back and we'll do some simulations. We'll seed everything that way. We'll we'll do the last three seasons or something like that, and we'll see. We'll figure out a way. Like I did this with baseball and relegation. We'll create some models, figure out how to p- determine some win losses, and come up with what it actually looks like and show the fans. Yeah, and I think it adds to what we've talked about before, J Mac and, and Cal. Before you know, you came on here regularly of adding two regular season games and taking two preseason games away. That could help mitigate what you guys are talking about, the rivalry games. There you go. Boom. Add two games. We're, we're moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. We'll I mean, finalize the injury aspects. But there's a lot to look at there. One, one last thing I do want to say, the AFC East has been a problem for a long time, but I just, I feel like this is easy to say this year because the NFC is so much better than the AFC right now. I don't think it's necessarily been that case for the last decade. No. No, no, not when you had Peyton and Tom consist. Right. I mean, th- those were probably you looked at that during that time frame and said, "Man, I mean that you you certainly did." You looked at that and said, "Wow, if Peyton was just in the NFC, he would be in the Super Bowl probably right. consistently every year." But you know, also one of the few teams that was consistently thirteen plus wins every year too. So, true. Um, I do have. I just one- think it's oh, easier ahead. to say this. Year. I think it's just easier to say this year because there's 
such an imbalance, kind of like there's the West and the East in basketball between right. the NFC and the AFC right now, more so than we've seen in a long time. That's right. fair. I do have one question for you both, since we're not going to talk about the Browns again. Has so I don't think it's the Patriots necessarily, but has the NFL broken Baker? He's really. Uh, did you see today? Yeah, he dude. Went off like telling the guys triggered, a stu- dude. stupid question. No crap. We didn't score. What kind of questions that, bro? No, we we've seen this out of Baker's whole career. I think it's just maturing. Um, and we've talked about it now. Freddie Kitchens has kind of proven he's a little bit over his head. You go from being a running backs coach to a head coach of an NFL team. That's a pretty big jump. So I think there's a lot of moving parts. It is a very young team without a ton of leadership. I think one of those guys, Jamie Collins, who we saw go back to the Patriots, you know, kind of a big loss in the locker room and they banned a lot of injuries. So, and you also added Kareem Hunt to the locker room. So I, I just don't think there's a lot of leadership on the coaching or locker room side right now. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily broken him. I agree with a lot of what JB said. I don't think it's broken him. I think it's tested him a lot mm. on the field and off the field. I don't think the, the ads and all, all these, the Hulu commercials and all the commercials we're seeing him in, I don't think that's that big of a deal. Um, I trust, I trust Baker to actually figure this out. I think he's just going through a sophomore slump because teams had tape on him this year and that offensive line has not been great for him. And I think he'll figure the off stuff, uh, off the field stuff out. I mean, he's what, 23, 24. Yeah, uh, he's probably I mean, twenty five now. Cause yeah, he, that's right. Okay. He's a older. He was five years in college. That's true. We're getting we're getting to the we're getting to the point where he's maybe not going to figure it out. Then I think like twenty six, probably that cutoff, right? Um, I wouldn't say that, but I mean, Jimmy G's still figuring out. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, undefeated, but Baker's twenty four. He's twenty four. Yeah, he's okay. twenty four, and yeah. So I mean, but I'm he, he is an older rookie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, Sam Darnold was twenty years old last year. Sure, that's in true. His rookie year. But I mean, so. uh, three turnovers in a row in that game were just so unbelievable. And that that lob that he just handed to Lawrence Guy might have been the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. Yeah, definitely a play that you know no one else could make. So great job by the Patriots. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm saying it's like it watching was... a pee wee football game with a kid. <laughs> they both have the same jerseys on, and you're like, Timmy, no, dude. You it's know? like as, as soon as people line up against the Patriots, they just like shit their pants and forget their professional players and they're just like all right middle school b team what what are we running here here take yeah. it have it i'm going down you know like that's what it was so I, what happened i give lawrence guy almost no credit that's his first career interception like it's not that's not a patriots thing that was a really stupid move look at the end of the day i would just monitor what goes on in cleveland from a couple standpoints obviously their fixes are pretty simple uh offensive line which you know the houston texans have proven you can do pretty quickly a lot of teams have through free agency, bringing a guard, draft, and draft another guard, and then trade for Trent Williams. That team's great. You got Baker in another three years of the rookie deal. Um, and I'd monitor Lincoln Riley. It's a name we talk about, I feel like, every week. But I think Lincoln uh, would relish the opportunity to work again with Baker at the highest level. And I think putting those two guys together would be with obj i i don't even want to know what that would look like so that that's something to look forward to that's another quick question i have what what the hell kind of wide receiver goes and gives goat cleats to tom brady in front of his quarterback like an asshole that's an asshole thing to do <laughs> it is and OB, I mean, obj hasn't proven dick uh, no, he, he hasn't been great this year i mean he's had one big play exactly Look, it, it's the same guys who wear jewelry on the football field. I, I never understood. I, it's a very good point. Anytime I played any sports, I, I don't. I, think, I don't know. Why if that's do I the want same. earrings or chains? I don't get it. I never. Wearing yeah. jewelry is not the same as handing goat cleats to another player in front of your guy. But that, it I don't just know. illustrates the insaneness he is. Well, <laughs> okay, we digressed enough yep. tonight. Let's get into the games. We have a huge Saturday um, game. Not a huge slate. Kind of disappointing if you take a comb through it, but. We do have the Georgia Bulldogs heading into the swamp. Florida is six-and-a-half-point dog with an over-under of 44-and-a-half. Uh, don't they call this the largest cocktail party outside, but ESPN said they're not saying that this year, I saw on social media. Why are they not saying that? I saw that, too. Is it uh, yeah, connotations? It's college kids, and you know we can profit off them, but we can't say that oh, they Jesus. drink. So, right. you know, I digress there. Unbelievable. Um, Interesting matchup here, guys. You know, Florida's had a tough time stopping the run. We've seen illustrated in a lot of their games. They've had a tough time running the ball off also offensively. And then on the flip side, Georgia's had a tough time defending the pass, and they've had a tough time uh, with Jake Fromm finding guys open down the field. 
Uh, Kyle, I'm going to start with you. Are you shocked that George is a six and a half point favorite heading on the road with two top 10 ranked teams? Yeah, I think I am a little bit. I mean, I do think that George is still the better team. Uh, you know, I know that they had the bad, bad loss to South Carolina. That, you know, minus four in turnover margin that day. It was, yeah, it was not the right day. I still think they're a more talented team. I like Florida's DBs a lot. And Fromm, like you said, has had uh, – uh, he's been struggling throwing the ball down the field. You know, he's got the ability to have a high percentage of completions because he's throwing the ball so short. And they got good athletes. But I think Florida can keep things in front of him here. Um, six and a half, you know, in, in the swamp is a lot. I mean, you're telling me if this was in Georgia, it'd be what minus 12, minus 12 and a half. Probably. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, co- college is always a little bit different on how you rate. Sure. Um, Maybe it'd be rate- closer to minus 10, but still, I mean, I just think it's a lot. Yeah, I'd say so. And, and as I mentioned, we've seen a big struggle come out of the bus for, for Georgia offensively with Jake Fromm and it's the loss of wide receivers. They had guys go to the NFL, including Hardman to Kansas city that yep. they've had guys transfer out as well. So when you look at that and that was the big question mark coming into the year, but when you bring in five-star recruits, like they're able to, you just expect that plug and play, but it's a situation where I think Florida is a little bit weaker up, up the middle. Georgia has an offensive line with arguably four NFL future draft picks. So I, I think with DeAndre Swift, I think with Kirby Smart, he is he has played fairly conservative, no tempo this year so far with Georgia. I just think they're going to go in there and try to run it down their throat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the flip side, I think Georgia's going to, on the defensive side, stack that line. They understand Florida wants to run it. They've had trouble stopping that all year. Uh, and it just has to do with losses going back two years of Roquan Smith. They haven't had the ability to replace the linebacker position yet, mostly due to injuries and transfers. So, uh, but I, I think this is a game Kirby Smart gets up for. He understands it, uh, the importance of this. And Dan Mullins is just talent depleted from what he, from what Florida's used to and what they need you to compete with Georgia. It's true. I, for whatever reason, I don't think Georgia's looked like quite as good overall this year just something about them hasn't seemed they're not as good they're not but definitely there's missing a spark or something like that and I mean Kirby Smart's one of my favorite coaches out there I mean any coach that has a line like when you don't like the game rewrite the rules like that that's fucking incredible and so I love Kirby Smart I believe in him to motivate this team I think Georgia probably covers us pretty easy this weekend yeah Mm. in looking at the head coaching matchup Dan Mullins and Kirby Smart, uh, their wives were in a book club together for oh. about a decade. Um, oh, these are two te- or two guys who, uh, from what I read, had vacation homes near each other at one point. Mm. And since Kirby left Bam and took over, there's been some bantering back and forth. So I'm not sure that they're the best of friends anymore from what they used to be. But if you look at what Kirby's done versus Dan Mullins, even at his time in Mississippi State, any team that Kirby Smart has coached on the defensive side with Bama or in Georgia's side, he's averaged less than 10 points allowed to Florida. So I'm not sure if it's just having knowledge of what Dan Mullins wants to do, having better teams, or just a motivation factor. But it just, you know, the total tells you it's 44 and a half in a college football game. It's with, crazy. You know, arguably could be a first top, first round top 10 pick in Jake Fromm. So, um, it's to me though a lay it or don't play it. I don't want any part of trying to guess on if Florida can stay with it because I think if you get DeAndre Swift, a guy Kyle that you and I both love going, it just seems like a game that he could run away with. Yeah, and Florida is they're a good team defensively, but I think they're ranked like 36 nationally, um, where Georgia has one of the top 10 defenses in the country. So I, I think that'll end up being the difference. Is like you said, I like Georgia's front seven a lot. Um, I think Florida's going to struggle moving the ball here. I think this is going to be kind of one of those just kind of sloppy SEC games we saw a decade ago where it was just really low scoring and obviously extremely physical. Uh, it'll be a great atmosphere in there, but I, I just, yeah, I'm with you later. Don't play it. I don't know if Florida can keep this one close. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I wanted to look at, you know, we saw OU go down, unfortunately, last week and see that I was very high on to, and, Kyle, now that we're moving forward, you know, Georgia's one of those teams that's also fallen. Who's the next team that you think could fall off, whether that is Bam or LSU next week in the matchup? Uh, does Clemson get upset? You know, they've had a kind of a rough road. Uh, maybe it's an Oregon team that's sneaking back into the rankings. Who's maybe that next team that we don't necessarily see a loss coming up that could slip? 
So I, d- I don't think it's Clemson. Uh, I just don't think the ACC is good enough to test them. So I don't think it's going to be Clemson, even though Justin was on this early in the year that Clemson is not that as good as people think. And I, I didn't want to believe it. I, I think I'm there now where they're – and the polls are showing it, right, where they've dropped a little bit. I don't think they're the best team in the country. They're not going to lose a game in the ACC, though. They should walk right into uh, the college football playoffs. Ohio State, I, I don't see them losing to Penn State either. So, I mean, Penn State's ranked, you know, five, six, seven, depending where you're looking. I think they're sixth um, in the coaches' poll. I don't I don't see a way they beat Ohio State. So, you could say they're the next big one to lose. I think Oregon slips up. That That's who I'm going with, though. I think Oregon just finds a way to lose one of these games in the Pac-12. Uh, at USC this weekend, so certainly, certainly, certainly a tough a, matchup for them. Yep, uh, J Mac is their team that you buying up? Yeah. So I mean, the, that was kind of the caveat to the Clemson take was that, yeah, they're just not going to lose in the ACC. And I, that's st- what everyone said about OU too. That's, that's a good point. Said, who, who can keep up with OU in that offense? That's the same. T- and we've Kansas. already seen Clemson <laughs> go down to the wire with UNC. No, for sure, one hundred percent. That's very true. I don't think it's going to be Bama though. I um I could honestly see LSU slipping one up at some point here. But not to Bama. Like I, I'm the game no. that game, right? No, for sure. Well yeah. So the, the Bama LSU game uh, is next weekend, two thirty kick. It's gonna be that CBS, you know, you get the great broadcast. Um yeah, that's one we'll preview in great detail next week. No line right now for that, unfortunately, based on two is injury. Um my guess would be around Bama minus seven. Um, I'm not sure if we get that hook, but I would imagine if two is healthy, that's where that line would be. Um, that would I was going to say, if two is guess. out, I think it'll be I think it'll be a lot lower than that. If, if two is out, if LSU has to be favored. I mean, two I has got to so. be worth at least 10 to 14 points to Bama. Yeah, they'd probably be minus three, but on the road at Alabama, I'd want nothing to do with that. I would take the plus seven if two is playing because he's not going to be 100. I, I would agree, but a game will certainly preview greater detail next week um the team i'd say i i, I don't like them i think jpeg loves them penn state um they're on a bye week right now they face the gophers who are undefeated and ohio state the rest of the year um i just see them slipping up it's just i i, I can't even it, it's like a patriots when i watch these penn state games teams don't know how to defend running backs they throw the stupidest interceptions. I haven't watched one Penn State game that I've been impressed with, but um, I'm we'll just see. never really impressed by James Franklin in general. Yeah, so we'll, we will see. Eventually, I think that will be a slip up. Um, well, we have our favorite segment for everyone to lay it or don't play it. This weekend, a pretty modest dog. The Jets are minus three over the Dolphins, Kyle. I, I know this is your favorite one. Are you taking the three points with the Dolphins? Man, I took the points last week and it worked out. I think I'm taking the points again here. I think this is a really bad Jets team. Give me the field goal. We'll see what happens. Mm. Oh, no, the other way around. The Jets are going to cover that easy. Yeah, I mean, you'd want to think so, but where's their mindset at? I mean, is Jamal Adams even want to be there? Is the locker room lost right now after this trade deadline rumors? It's a very good point, and that has not helped anything at all. I don't think Adam Gase is really going to be able to control that too much, but I still just trust in the Dolphins being as bad as I think they are. Yeah, I think they're bad. I mean, they traded Kenyon Drake away this week. They're trying to just blow this team up as much as possible. I think they're going to stumble their way into a win against one of these really bad AFC teams. And, uh, you know, I think they can cover a field goal at home. You know, we're going going from New York down down all the way to the coast. You know, we're talking about potential, you know, 30 degrees to a, a humid 70. I don't know what could happen. You know what? You, and you're not wrong there, Kyle. I think players every year – in you know November and December, talk about that in Miami just getting dehydrated in the second half. It's something that you don't factor in. Maybe the kickoff time is not as much of a factor, but just certainly the weather itself and humidity. So so check it out. I, I haven't pulled up a re- weather report, but the same reason last weekend you need to pull up for that Patriots game that was just a monsoon. Yeah, we should have looked. We should have looked at that. And I, I, I was being being facetious with our little weather time zone shtick here, but that's actually like I, I'm also being serious at the same. It'd be time. a real thing, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, to two to two teams that will actually be battling for a playoff spot, the Minnesota Vikings head to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Uh, we currently have no line on this game, obviously due to the major injury in Patrick Mahomes. Um, Kyle or J Mac, I'll start with you here. We have Mahomes rumored possibly returning this week or the week after with the fractured, separated kneecap. Is this rushing him back? What's your thoughts? Man, like 
it's rushing him back, and I just feel like you got to give him as much time as he needs. Like everything else, be damned right now because this is not just this season. This is your future, and you're talking about the guy's knee. And I just I don't see I never see any point. I I get that these are big games. They've lost what three straight now. They is that true? Kansas City? No, they've won one three straight. Three my bad. Straight, or two straight. Yeah, no, they lost. Yeah, they they uh, lost last week. But I mean, Matt. I apologize. Moore, I apologize. Yeah, they've lost three of the last four. I okay, apologize. that's what I yeah. thought. Yeah, but Matt Moore kept them afloat as best they could. I mean, that Green Bay game was. I mean, just Aaron Rodgers, and you know, we'll get to the Green Bay in a minute. But I just I, I get what they're what they're trying to do. But I I think ultimately Matt Moore is probably going to get the go here. Uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of reports either way on it uh, up until recently, or any recent reports, I should say. But uh, I think. I still think the Chiefs are probably going to pull that off. Kyle? At home against the Vikings? I don't know, man. I think it's going to be tough. I'm with J-Mac on, you know, Mahomes with the franchise. I understand the guy's a competitor, and that's part of the reason you, you love him, but you you got to let a dislocated kneecap rest at least another two or three weeks. You know, Matt Moore played well last week. They lost the game, but Aaron Rodgers reminded us why he's still maybe the most talented player in the league. I mean, it was just unhuman what that guy was doing with those just – dropping dimes and out of crazy, crazy situations. Um, Kansas City played fine last week. They, they got in a, a rhythm early um, after after one or two slow drives. I think they can p- keep this game close with the Vikings. I still like the Vikings a lot. You guys know I've been big on them all year. Um, but it's 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 at home. It's going to be a, a tough game. I think you sit Mahomes for sure for another couple of weeks. Because, look, he comes back and you're six and four. You're still in the mix in the AFC. Yeah, I'd agree. I, th- I think certainly want to monitor the injury, but if Mahomes is out, I, I would look for Mike Zimmer to bring a lot of pressure, yes. force Matt Moore to beat him over the top. He's got no business uh, letting LaShawn McCoy or the Williams quadruplets there uh, Kansas City run over him. And, and we've talked about this every single week. The Minnesota Vikings will have success for teams that can't stop the run. Kansas City is graded out as the worst run defense right now. Right. Um, it has looked better. They're getting guys back that are healthy, which will certainly aid them. But if it's a situation where Minnesota gets going early, even Madison, the rookie out of Boise, has been fantastic. Alexander Madison, um, mm-hmm. the late third round pick, last pick of the third round. Uh, I just love what we're seeing out of Kirk right now. It's just hard for me to jump off Minnesota if they're playing, if they continue to play at this high level, and they have the extra time to prepare. I mean, they played on the Thursday night. It was basically a rest game. I mean, they didn't it never looked like they even broke a sweat versus Washington. It was just kind of like, all right, we got a two possession lead. We'll just run it. Oh, it's down to one. We'll go get it again. You know, it just it never felt like Minnesota had to break a sweat. So I think it's an unfortunate part for Kansas City to run into a schedule where they have to face Minnesota right. and Green Bay back to back without Mahomes. But that's why you're seeing some value at them about 14 to one right now in the market because, you know, if they continue to slip up and, uh, teams like the Chargers trying to make a run, and, you know, things could change in the division pretty quickly. Dude, I love them at fourteen to one. I, the, you're talking about to win, win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love them at fourteen and one. I'd like to see what they are to win the AFC as well, um, because I think this is a team that's still going to easily make the playoffs. I don't trust the Raiders or the Chargers or the Broncos to get right. I think they can win this division with nine or ten wins, and we'll see what they end up with. Um, but. I, I think people are selling the Chiefs a little too quickly. I do like the Vikings here for a lot of the reasons you said. Dalvin Cook, you got you got him in fantasy. Obviously, you're playing him. DFS, fire it up. He's going to have a big week on that defense. Love it. Uh, well, the two teams at or below 500 with higher expectations heading into the year, the Chicago Bears and the Mitchell Trubisky-led team head on the highway to face Philadelphia for their first home game in over a month. Eagles are four-and-a-half-point favorite over under a 42. Um, J-Mac, I'm going to start with you because certainly you're pretty well tapped in what the Bears have going on and been very vocal about Mitchell Trubisky. Is this a guy that you're shocked to still see playing? Um, I mean, I, I think you're <laughs> you're pretty much stuck with that now, especially since you let the trade deadline pass. I would have loved to have seen a, a sure. good trade deadline situation like for maybe Big Dick Nick or something like that. I would have loved that, but... I think we'll see something like that in the offseason for them. I, I don't really anticipate them going into next year with Mitch Trubisky as their quarterback, but they're going to play this thing out. You've got to. I mean, you you moved up in the draft when From you shouldn't have. Two. Yeah. Why? For no reason whatsoever for a guy that was on nobody's radar. And I think you're going to have to see that through. Matt Nagy has gotten really, really defensive really quickly. We were talking about how Baker's kind of 
feeling the heat a little bit in Cleveland. I don't know if you guys happened to see Matt Nagy's press conference this past week, but it yeah. was horrific. And he, I mean, he went from having the teams back to not having the teams back to having the teams back. I mean, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I don't think he knows what the hell's going on. I really don't. And I think there's... I think there's a little bit of value here on the other side. I just don't think Chicago's a very good football team at the end of the day. And, like, you have that where just sometimes they're just not good. I, yeah, I, I mean. Yeah, I think I'd probably good. pick against the Bears, and I hate to say it. Yeah, I think I'd take the Eagles minus four and a half here. They bounced back and looked really good last week. Kind of exposed Buffalo a little bit, uh, which we, we've all been saying we think they're fraudulent. Um you know the Bears. Uh, you know, you know how I've been on their defense. I think their defense is under a lot of pressure because of how bad the offense is. That being said, they've had some injuries that have really, really come back to bite them. But Trubisky, you got to play it out. Like you said, you you wasted a second overall pick on this guy. You got to see what you have there. I mean, it's just crazy. But you have to see what you have there, even though it's looking pretty evident that maybe not much. And that there are things you and, and JB's done a good job of pointing this out. There are not things you can teach with a great quarterback coach in the NFL mm -hmm. there there's certain just basic things you, you need to be able to do accuracy yeah it's like you need to be an accurate teach. quarterback no. right and like 100 percent. he wasn't, wasn't accurate, accurate in, college. in college yeah exactly right. so 100 yeah, yeah. I, I think that's that's a very good point and, and I mean you could get George Whitfield in there and he couldn't manage to do that so I mean it's <laughs> yeah. just it's yeah. one of those things like I just think he stinks I really do and I think, I think you game, brought up a, go ahead I think J-Mick brought up a great point in missing an opportunity to trade deadline. I think you probably could have brought in Andy Dalton for next to nothing. Uh, they, they may have even have taken Trubisky for Andy Dalton straight up. And, Ooh. I mean, would you probably do that here? Hey, get rid of the problem that we have. Bring in a guy that can at least run the offense. And this is the second week in a row I'm talking about Andy Dalton and wanting him to come to a team. But <laughs> he, he he's – he, he has played on very successful teams before with a lot less, sure. and he, he can run that system. He's an accurate he, – he is what Matt Nagy needs, which is an accurate quarterback. Nagy can schematically he, – he's up there with Shanahan and McVay. Not above them, but he's up there in that intelligence factor. But I also think it's uh, – part of the story is losing Vic Vangio to Denver. Uh, we had a situation yeah. last year basically where he got to do what Sean McVay's done in. Wade Phillips, take the defense. I don't have to worry about it at all. I don't give a crap. That's not what I'm good at. And let my elite DC handle it. So he had to make that adjustment going to year two where now he's got to be more hands-on with the defense. And it's taken away from what he's been able to do on the offensive side of the ball. But, yeah, they've hitched their wagon a bitch. You have to. But I think to JMAC's point, we'll see something in the offseason. But I would agree with you guys. I think the under and Eagles is the way to go. I don't mm. think the Bears get on track. This isn't something you can fix. And six days especially with the the media i mean you have mitchell trubisky during the game apologizing to his defense about how bad he sucks buddy that's not good yeah that's not it's not leadership yeah <laughs> no. this isn't this isn't getting turned around i don't see their stock i could see a 27 10 type of game eagles will run the ball miles sanders is back and healthy him and jordan howard it, it just the eagles are starting to peak they got darby back their defense is getting healthy at the is right sanders going to be healthy yeah, he's questionable. I don't know. Okay. That's what I said. It depends. Yeah. But either yeah. way, it's going to probably be a Jordan Howard heavy game plan one way or the other. So yeah, I like him as a as a sleeper for your flex if you got him on your in your lineup. I like Jordan Howard a lot because uh, Sanders he's been getting more workload than Sanders, and he tweaked his hammy last week, so that could be a good play. Uh, but I'm I'm totally with you on the Fangio thing. I mean, this Bears defense last year was an anomaly. They got lucky on a lot of special teams and defensive plays to get touchdowns. Their defense. Um, was nuts in fantasy last year. I do like the over here, though. However, I just wanted to throw that in there real quick. I don't know that okay. Mike Pettin's done a bad job with the defense. I just don't think the offense has been good to be able to... Mike Pettin's in Green Bay. Oh, my bad. Sorry. My fault. Yeah, but I knew they weren't going to be able to repeat. He's done a great job. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Great job. I knew they weren't going to be able to repeat that performance on defense that they gave last year with just a crazy amount of turnovers that they were able to turn into touchdowns. I mean, it was like they're doing, they were doing more last year than the Patriots are doing this year, which is insane. Yeah, it is. So something to monitor, but yeah, we're we're pretty negative here moving forward. Uh, it's Chuck Pagano. He, you know, the guy who took a. There you go. I always get those two confused too. That's so incredible that I actually did that on the show too because I always get them confused. Anyway, moving on. Love it. Look the same. Well, as we move forward, rolling the greens there in the Eagles. <laughs> they do look the same. That's exactly why I get them confused. Yeah, that's that. We'll we'll digress. We don't need uh we don't need them coming after us here. Just like I digress on Twitter of me being attacked. <sighs> A former Ohio State coach Ryan 
what is it, Ryan Day? I don't even know his name no, anymore. No, it's Zach uh, Smith. Zach Smith. Ryan Day is their current head coach. Yeah. Zach Smith, for, former Ohio State coach who um, assaulted many people. I won't dive too deep into this. Just verbally attacks me constantly on Twitter when I call him out for his checkered past. And we invited him on the podcast. He declined. Yeah, so, nothing. Nothing at all. I, I'm, I'm like, hey, man, if you want to call me out, if you if you think I'm lying and think you're such a bad person, he's now a flag football coach. Yep. So he has gone from coaching at one of the top college universities, making probably close to a million dollars, to now coaching kids flag football. You decide where your life's at. I digress. I even messaged him and said that we'd come on his podcast, and he said no. But you know what? If he wants to call in, 972-885-9361. Go for it, pal. We'll definitely add him when we post this. All right. Uh, well, we got Tennessee Titans heading on the highway to Carolina after a disappointing loss to San Francisco, but the Panthers are still managing to be a three-and-a-half-point favorite over under 42-and-a-half. Um, Kyle Allen's kind of been eaten up by the better defenses he's seen, his first loss, first adversity that he's going through, and Cam Newton's getting healthy in a hurry. Um, Kyle, is this a team where you think they're going to start sputtering now that maybe we have some tape on Kyle Allen, or was that just an anomaly facing a great team last week in the 49ers? I think it was more about facing the 49ers. I think it's a little bit of both, but I think it's a lot more about facing the 49ers. You know, I, I predicted it pretty clearly. You know, I'll pat my own back for a minute. saying Kyle Allen was going to have a slip-up, and that was clearly the place it was going to be. Um, and it happened. It was a little bit worse than I think I anticipated. Uh, you also called the Ohio State score 38-3, and it was 38-7. That was pretty impressive. Pretty uh, I tried close. my best for you guys. Jotted that down for you. But I think this is a get-right game for the Panthers. They're back at home. Um, Tennessee, I think they've won two in a row now against, okay, the Bucks. Ryan Tannehill, wow. Let's go. My the boy. The Bucks by four, though, and the Cardinals by, I think it was three. or it was, it was very, Chargers. Chargers, very they lost based on two overturns of a touchdown in the end zone and then the time running out on a fumble by Melvin Gordon. So yeah, pretty yeah, bad. Yeah. I, I, this Titans team, and then they won last week because of an inadvertent whistle. Right. Um, so <laughs> it, it, we could easily just be talking about these Titans as 0-2 with Ryan Tannehill as much as they are 2-0. and Yeah, exactly. And I think this is a Carolina team that's more talented than them. This is also – so I'm, I'm, I'm laying the three and a half on this. I think this is just me saying I don't trust the Titans to win, you know, three games in a row with – you know, two of them being home games or excuse me, road games. I 42 and a half is low, man. I think I'd stay away from the over under, you know, we saw 42 in the last game. We're seeing some pretty low score uh, over unders for these great offenses. I like CMC to go nuts in this game though. I know the Titans, they have the 11th running, running defense in the league. That's pretty solid, but they're nothing like the 49ers. I think Carolina gets right here. J Mac. I'm with you. I think that Carolina has the, the situation, they're kind of in the spot where they can get right. I think that we are starting to see Kyle Beats's point here a little bit more tape on Kyle Allen, though, and I think that's going to continue to haunt him. I watched him in college. He's a fine quarterback. I don't think he's that quarterback. And I also think Christian McCaffrey's just, I mean, at some point, I mean, he is just running downhill constantly. He has the ball in his hands constantly. Great for fantasy, tough on a uh, football player for the full season. And I worry about that for him. I think this is a weird spot overall. I don't really trust the Titans, and I was much higher on the Titans coming into the year than I know that Kyle was. I don't really remember where your take was, JB. Where were you at on the Titans coming into the year? Uh, not too high. I mean, okay. you take a guy who's a career jockstrap cleaner and put him in an offensive coordinator, um, this yeah. is what you get. <laughs> it's tough. It's definitely tough. And I think Vrabel was seeing some early success, but I think that's kind of come back down to earth too, and they're going to have to figure out the quarterback situation. There's a lot to go on there. I just think they're kind of generally a mess, and I, I probably like the Panthers to cover this. I don't know if I would touch the over-under. The under seems good. If I was going to bet this game a couple of ways, I would definitely go with the under in that case, but I don't yeah. think I'm going to bet it. If I had oh. to lean one direction, I would go there. But, yeah, I thought the Titans would be 7-9, and nine, and I just want to say they are 4-4. Four and four. Like They find ways to just be better than they should be. Yeah, they find yeah. ways to lose pretty easily too, though. Yeah, I just think the Titans are being uh, – I'm. you look at the line three and a half, so you're telling me Carolina's only a half point better than the Titans. I don't know if that's right. They head on yeah. the highway here after a couple weeks at home. Carolina in a nice bounce-back spot. Um, I, I'm just not going to buy into this Ryan Tannehill being, being fixed. I think Carolina's going to have a lot more to play for in this situation. And to your point, I think Kyle Allen's certainly, uh, you know, done well. And he, he's kind of proven – 
it's a little bit of a Kirk Cousins type of situation where he, he's able to produce first teams that are below average. Uh, and that's what we have in Tennessee's past defense. The run defense is very stout. Um, and then he kind of folds up into a shell when he faces elite defense like we saw with San Francisco. And that has a lot to do with San Francisco's pass rush. So I think three and a half is nice. Maybe buy down to the three if you can at minus 120. It's not necessarily a bad way to look. But I do agree. I think the, the under is certainly a way to maybe throw into a teaser, get through 48 and a half. That's a key number um, because I think this is going to be both teams want to establish the run and move it slowly. It could be a first half where we're looking at 10 to three type of score. I think it's going to be low scoring, but two teams who must win. Uh, I mean, certainly in NFC, Carolina needs to win to keep pace. You have, you know, uh, six and two Seahawks and Vikings in the wild card, so you can't afford to go two, two or three games behind them at this point. And then obviously the Titans need to win to keep pace in the AFC, which I don't think anyone's actually out of the playoff race in the AFC except the Dolphins. So, uh, um, yeah, and their division it, is actually pretty competitive. Yeah, on, yeah, on paper I, at least. Yeah, sure. So. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go Carolina. Yeah, I'm gonna go Carolina here, but again, it's a team that we've documented pretty well so far. And last week, Cal and I were all over taking the 49ers and fading Christian McCaffrey. Terrible matchup for him. So hopefully you avoided him in DFS and uh we'll see what he can do this week. So we're on the greens kind of Panthers and under, it sounds like. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, moving into a premier matchup, we have uh the Packers who head on the road as a three and a half point favorite versus the Chargers who I don't think any of us can figure out who they really are at this point. Uh, over under 47 and a half. We saw Philip Rivers and Anthony Lynn getting into it on the sidelines, which I'm surprised it's taken this long with one of the worst coaches in the NFL. And to protest this, Rivers has decided to grow out a porn star mustache. So mm. where do we really go here? Do we get some bolo ties this week? Because both of these quarterbacks have pulled them out at rare times. I mean, you. I mean, you've got a guy with a porn star mustache that has like nine kids. That's that's upsetting to say the least. Uh, also, very <laughs> anything fitting. can happen. It, it's very true. The Chargers, uh, I think, are just such a dumpster fire under Anthony Lynn. They just fired Ken Wisenhunt, thinking that was the problem. That's not the problem. Anthony the best Lynn, best head the... coach on your team, you fired. You fired the best <laughs> head coach on your team. Right. Kept around the worst. I. I it's incredibly confusing. They don't know what the hell they're doing. That's not very surprising. Uh, I just I don't believe in this Chargers team at all. I think it's a pretty easy cover on the other side. I really do. I, I don't think there's any way Anthony Lynn is the, is the Chargers head coach going into next season. No, I certainly hope. I'd not. be surprised if he was the coach for the rest of this season. I mean, if they if they win this game, he's probably not going to lose his job. I mean, this line is just weird to me, right? Like minus three and a half. I feel like the pa the Packers are a much better team. Um, I, that that tells me Vegas knows something that I don't know. I think I'm going to stay away from that line. Same. I do like them maybe in a in a tease if you can get it to you know go six and a half uh, for a little worse odds and get them to a field goal. I like the over in this game a lot, actually. The Packers gave up a lot of points last week to, you know, the Matt Moore-led Chiefs, and they're going to continue to put up points. Aaron Rodgers is certainly in, you know, midseason form. This is maybe the last year or two of his prime, but he's certainly still in it, and, I mean, he looked phenomenal last week. Just slinging. Lay, look, lay, lay it or stay away. Look, I said they fired the best head coach on their staff, and I was actually wrong. They have Gus Bradley running their defense. Holy <laughs> hell, I didn't know that. <laughs> Anthony Lynn's third. So, I mean, I think we'll even move Anthony Lynn down to three there. So, I mean, you honestly wonder what was Anthony Lynn even doing on a weekly basis with these two guys? Two former head coaches certainly know what they need to do with their respected sides of the ball. I wouldn't be surprised if we find out later on that, you know, he, he really didn't do much <laughs> based on what we've seen in the Chargers. But I agree. I think it's a lay with the Packers. Or it's just more of a stay away for me, as Kyle mentioned, when these fishy lines come out like this. That don't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, but you have to imagine the Packers have kind of a letdown game at some point and traveling across yep. two time zones to a different climate. I mean, this could really throw guys off. So um, I'll be interested to happens there. And, you know, I, I think a team like the Chargers or someone who's going to be looking at Shane Bouchelle in the draft coming up, you know, to replace the great Phillip Rivers. So, Cal, I don't know about your thoughts on Shane Bouchelle, if he'd be a good fit out in San Diego but or Los Angeles, but great quarterback, am I right? You can't play TCU when you're in the NFL. The, the defensive backs in the NFL turn their head around. There, there you go. The great Shane Bouchelle. Well, the probably the premier matchup of this weekend, the New England Patriots, who opened up as a seven-point favorite all the way down to three and a half as they head to Baltimore. Um, some crazy line movement there with an over-under 45. 
Baltimore's coming off a bye. Should be very well rested. Two weeks to prepare for Tom Brady. Um, we'll obviously start with our resident expert with New England, J Mac. What is with this line move? I mean, I look at this. Kyle and I have talked about this a ton. I, I look at this schedule of the Patriots and uh, I mean, call it easy if you want to. That's fine. It's not like they control it. But this is the only game that quote unquote scares me. And you know what? If they lose it, I really don't care. It's one of those types of things. It's this is a really interesting matchup. This Ravens matchup is always weird for the Patriots. It's in Baltimore. I I think that Bill's going to know how to to scheme for it, but Lamar's kind of shifty that way, and that's kind of how they've moved around. I don't know. I, I I really honestly, my gut feeling here is that it's going to be a close game, and every time that happens, they blow them out by 40, so I'm laying the points here, no problem. And I would say on the over-under of 45, I would probably take the over... Mm, I don't know about that. You guys wrap amongst yourselves. Let me think about that, and I'll come back to you two on that. So, uh, man... I'm shocked by this line as well. Something is weird about that. I can't. I need to do some research to see is that sharp money coming in um, from you know some big players, or is this you know just public money just loading up on Baltimore for whatever reason because they think they're getting too many points and pay, people want to bet against the Patriots and and that whole thing. But I I just trust Bill to Lamar Jackson's not running for 120 yards in this game. I can guarantee that if they beat them, it's going to be because he makes some plays with his arms. He's going to force them to do that, right? I think that's going to be a, a challenge, even at home. If this game was in New England, I would I would lay a full touchdown so comfortably, um, easily. May, maybe even a little more than that. I do think I would probably stay away from it. I will tell you something that I per, you know personally have done is uh, a seven point teaser, which is minus one forty with just two teams of Pats and Cowboys. So Cowboys pick them and Pats plus three and a half. I I just don't see the way the Patriots are playing right now. And Baltimore not having a very good defense that we're accustomed to. I don't see a way that the Patriots lose that game by more than a field goal. If they do, I could see like, you know, Justin Tucker walk off maybe if they lose. But I, I, I like their money line a lot. I still trust them to win this game. Laying the three and a half just feels a little funky since it's dropped so much. Yeah, I, I think there's certainly something you want to question there. But a lot of money has been flown in from Baltimore and professionals. I, I think it was just a line that's a little out of whack if you take minus seven on what we saw in the open and then flip the home field advantage, which is probably a, an extra half point for the Patriots. If you're giving me 13 and a half uh, for Baltimore on the road at new England, it's basically the same line that you got for Cleveland, um, which I, I think even though Cleveland did beat Baltimore, we'd all agree that Baltimore is a little bit better of a team. So I think it's just a value play at that point. You're just taking numbers. You know, I, I think obviously the six was probably, the last key number after you get into the fives and fours, it's not a huge difference getting down to the three and a half. So, and I think some teaser liability, as you've already mentioned, you know, the Patriots had some value now on that side, but when you're able to get Baltimore, maybe a plus 13 and a teaser, there is a lot of value in that in a potentially lower scoring game and a Patriots team that's looking to run the ball more than run up the score at this point with their current lineup. So, um, at this number, I think it's just to stay away. If you get down to three, which I can't imagine we will, I would take the Patriots just with current form. But it's a game that I'm excited for. I think it's a potential playoff matchup that we could see. So I just think at this rate, it's one I'm going to stay away from and enjoy. Um, but certainly hope for a Lamar Jackson victory because there's one thing Bill struggled with in his career. It has been when there's been some mobility at the quarterback position because it's something you can't you can't necessarily scheme for every play when they're broken down. It's true. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, guys, we've wrapped up the best games of the week for you. We're going to move into certainly the favorite segment of best bets heading in. As we've mentioned, we're just going to remove the ties that we've had. So we went four and four last week, 32 and 23 record overall. So hitting at a great rate over 60% for you guys. Uh, Cal, I'm going to start with you with the college football ranks. Is there somewhere that you're eyeing up in college football? Man, I am going uh, – I'm staying out of the Power Five this week, going to uh, a little Conference USA action. Wow. And Damn I'm going to lay the 11 points. I'm going to take uh, Marshall. They're laying 11. They're on the road. They're at Rice, who is just an abysmal college football team. And this is me more so betting against Rice than it is betting for Marshall. But, um, you know, go back and look some of the scores Marshall's been involved in this year. Uh, they can put up some points. Rice cannot, and they're not very good defensively. And 
they have little to no home field advantage. Their average attendance is one of the five lowest in the country. Um, so I'm going to lay the 11 points uh, with Marshall. J-Mac? Okay. I'm going to take Auburn to lay the 19 and a half, depending on what book you're looking at. Auburn has played their asses off. They played LSU hard. This Ole Miss team's terrible. Cover by a mile. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Ole Miss has just been getting beat up in the SEC. And, I mean, that's a lot of points to lay in the SEC, but it is, I, don't but... Think, I don't think it's crazy. I'm going to head to the Pac-12, our favorite division, uh, and take the Oregon Ducks, a team we talked about briefly, minus four versus USC. I think USC's a little banged up in their backfield. I love Kevin Slovis, and I was on this podcast last week talking about how much I liked him, uh, but not in this matchup. I think Herbert's going to have an opportunity to really submit himself. Certainly going to be a lot of scouts at this game. Um, Oregon's gotten healthy in a hurry. Cal and I talked about it a couple weeks ago, getting a handful of wide receivers back, and just think this is an opportunity for Oregon to make that statement. And you look at their roster, they're pretty heavy California kids. They should be plenty motivated if they didn't get recruited by USC. Um, I just think it's a situation where getting minus four for this team with a far more talent and a defense that's slowly coming together. Um, but I also think there could be a very potential shootout here. So uh, I also wouldn't hate taking the over. We've seen a little bit of movement there as well, 59 into the 60s. So, I, I really like to see what Oregon can do and, you know, maybe taking a dabble on their team total could make some sense too. I like that. I really I like thought I was looking at that bet too. Yep. All right. Well, let's go to the NFL real quick and head to Kyle or Kyle for your, or J Mac. I apologize. Going out of order here. J Mac, uh, you've been hot in the NFL. I feel like every week you give us a winner, especially with the 49ers last week, you know, obviously just crushing that up. So where are you looking this week in the NFL, the 49ers on your radar again? So I do like the 49ers this week to cover, so, but I, that's not going to be my best bet of the week. My best bet of the week is actually going to be the Patriots minus three and a half. And I know that's the homer call, but and I know that the public money has moved on it, but they've yet to to let us down. I'm not betting against them until, until I do. All right, Kyle. I think that's fair. I had that down as an alternative because I, I didn't know if you were going to go. I figured you would go there or somewhere else I'm going, a game we've already talked about. I'm gonna lay the three and a half uh, for the Panthers. I think. Yeah. I think this is like we said a get right game for them. I think they can win this game by a touchdown easily. It's a good bet. Yeah, Kyle, I'm gonna actually double up with you there. So Perfect. we're 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 gonna put two records on the line there. I, I agree with you. I think it's a, certainly a get right and a rebound spot. Uh, some tough matchups on both sides, but I think at the end of the day, we're gonna see a little bit more value here, and you know, possibly just monitor this game if it can get down to minus three or a cheap buy on that hook. I think it's certainly worth grabbing minus three for the extra 10 cents. So something to monitor. Uh, well, dog of the week, something we've uh, maybe a little bit struggled since the first half of the season. We've kind of come back down to reality, try to pick a dog. But we've seen college football, 17-plus point dogs winning outright. So maybe we need to look there. But where are you guys heading? So last week I tried to do that. I took Syracuse plus 10.5. They lost by 18 to Florida State. So, um, you know, that's – that that's uh, I'm 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 done taking the you know tr- three uh, scored underdogs. I'm gonna go a game we already talked about this week, and you guys kind of talked me out of it a little bit. I'm gonna take the six and a half in the swamp. I know I said lay it or play it, but oh, the more I look at it, I j- because I think, and I would I would also take the under in this game. I think this is gonna be a twenty to fourteen, you know, seventeen thirteen type of final. Okay, I, I don't hate that. I was actually kind of com- contemplating that too earlier. But I, I'm still going to stick with Georgia. Um, I think that mine is going to be. I'm going to go to college this week, and this is going to be a pick just for Kyle, I think. And I have been looking at this all week. I can't really wrap my mind around it. We have Memphis taking on SMU. Memphis is a six-point favorite. Give me SMU plus the points. No problem. That's, that's just free money that they're giving away right there. Just trying to it put money in your line. pocket. I, I saw that, and I was like, I refuse. I, I, I will say I, it does worry me. I would maybe look for the over. I don't think SMU's defense really can hold an elite offense down. They haven't seen one yet. So um, I think that game's going to have some fireworks. If you look, It's kind of a tough slate for college football, so something to look at. Um, I'll head to a game that will be nationally televised as well. The Utah Utes head to Washington. Utah is actually a three-and-a-half-point favorite here. Washington's getting healthy at the wide receiver position, which I think could help them out versus a Utah team. Uh, Washington's really 
had an ability to move the ball when teams haven't brought pressure, and Utah doesn't necessarily love to do that. I like to rush four, play man coverage, use their athleticism and length. I just think it's an opportunity for Washington, a team that's comfortable moving it three to four or five yards per play, taking what the defense gives them, uh, coming off a two-week rest. I, it just seems like a spot where we've seen Washington in the past and Chris Peterson specifically show up for a big game and get an upset. So I'll take the three and a half because I think certainly grabbing that in a, a low over-under is nice, but I also think you can sprinkle some on the money line as well. Well done. Yeah, I like that a lot. Well done, well, fellas. Well, guys, we've broken down the biggest games. We'll be back next week. Reminder, Alabama, LSU, so be on the lookout for that. But, J-Mac, what, where can our listeners follow and get more of us? Yep, we want to thank all the listeners for tuning in every single week. We really appreciate you guys. We want to uh, to make sure that you guys are taken care of. So make sure to head over to our sponsor, audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. Sign up, get you a free audio book, get, get signed up. Audible's great. So uh, they're a big supporter of the show, and we know you guys are too. So make sure to partner up with them. They're great. They're partnered with us. We appreciate that. We want to remind everyone to follow us on social media. That's uh, on Facebook at Sensibly Loud Media and on Instagram and Twitter at Sensibly Loud. And make sure to give us a call. We want to hear from you guys. We want to hear all the messages, especially Zach Smith. Please give us a call. We want to hear your take, your side of the story. JB's got it going. 972-885-9361. And we will be back next week for another episode of PC.